when you're the one getting divorced, you need to remember this is your life. This is not your lawyer's life. This is not your mediator's life. This is your life. You need to be really clear on your goals. You need to know what your rights are. You need to give yourself the greatest opportunity to make a resolution outside of the court context if you feel emotionally, physically, mentally, metaphysically able. And you need to help yourself create a pathway forward beyond the work that you're doing with your mediator or your divorce lawyer or your CDFA. Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. Certified divorce coach and credentialed mediator Paulette Rigo invites you to grab a favorite beverage, find a cozy seat, soothe your soul, and take a listen. This podcast was created and inspired by our courageous journeys, love for connecting with others, and having meaningful conversations that teach, impact, and heal through sharing our stories. In each episode, Paulette will be joined by some of the most experienced and compelling experts in all things divorce and transformation. Listen to prepare and thrive through the toughest chapters as we reveal our hardships, celebrate our lessons learned, and see the future clearly with encouragement, hope, and joy. Leave feeling empowered and prepared to approach life and maintain our dignity no matter what. Each podcast episode focuses on sharing real conversations from real life situations. Isn't it time you thrived? Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. I am Paulette Rigo, your host of the show. And today I'm excited to have Gabrielle Hartley join me. Uh, We have a little bit of a New England uh, connection. I'm from Boston originally, and she lives just outside Northampton in Florence, which not many people even know about. It's a small little town. Her story is fascinating, and she's an amazing, uh, just expert in all things family law. So welcome to the show, Gabrielle. I couldn't be happier that you are here with me today. I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thanks for having me. Such an honor, my dear. You know, you and I met briefly kind of just through, I don't know, being in the same circles, right? Uh, Through mediation and clubhouse and all these kind of fun things, because it's really, you know, in many ways, it's a small community, but in many ways, it's a big community because there's so many more, excuse me, aspects of divorce besides the legal aspect. But when it comes down to it, this wonderful book that you've written called Better Apart um, really hit home with me, particularly for a couple of reasons. I know Elena Brower in a strange way. Her dear colleague, Rod Stryker, actually married Steve and I, and she we almost got married in Germany in Bavaria, and she was there doing a um, an event with Rod, and Rod gave us the choice of either getting married in Bavaria And Elena would have been our witness or getting married in Aspen where we chose to just for logical reasons of of getting married in the States is easier than over overseas. There's all this hopes you have to jump through. So when I when I saw that you had written the book in conjunction and collaboration with Elena, it made my heart sing. And then after reading it, I was like, aha, there's a reason you and I have met, become friends. And um, uh, I wanted to have you on the show. So just another little bit of uh, I thought that was really fascinating. Now, most people know you as an attorney who is more 
um, focused on um, a mediation process, right? Of, of allowing people to see that there's uh, more more ways than staying in course and course of court and litigating. So I'm going to let you, you know, tell a little bit about your background, how you went from lawyer to mediator and it, that, that journey, because I think it's a really fascinating one, one in which many people that are, you know, embarking on the divorce process, or at least contemplating it, thinking, what are my options and how do I get through this without losing my, my mind and my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, let me think. So I grew up with parents who divorced in the 80s and they divorced really well or so they like to tell my brother and me all the time, you know, like they were the this happy divorce sort of situation. They had shared custody. We grew up with shared custody long before that was even a thing. We were sort of like the weird, highly functional divorce family. And I really never quite understood how lucky I was until I was clerking for Judge Jeffrey Sunshine in New York City in the early 2000s, where I saw what havoc the divorce process really reeks on families, how the whole situation gets frothed up. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing that we're supposed to be doing as divorce professionals is extricating financial entanglements and managing children. And that's really it. Yes, we are also counselors at law, meaning we give advice as well as information as to how things may roll out. Um, but oftentimes in the litigation scenario, it becomes so much about the money, so much about the game of the litigation, so much power play. And while I do think, you know, as we've discussed before, Paulette, there are circumstances where you have to go to court. It's necessary. You know, I'm of counsel to a litigation firm in Manhattan because and in Westchester because it is absolutely necessary for some people to litigate. It depends on your situation. But for the vast majority of people, mediation is a viable option. So let me back up a little bit. First, what mediation is, it's employing a third party impartial neutral. This person, which that's the role that I play, I don't take anybody's side. I listen to what each person has to say. And I help to facilitate and guide you toward a resolution that while imperfect is perfect enough to help you move forward and enjoy the rest of your life and not have your divorce story become your life story. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that I learned when I worked for the judge is that a lot of mediated agreements are not very good. Mm -hmm. um, Sometimes they leave out a lot of important details. They're filled with um, statements like the parties believe they can get along. The parties will have open and liberal visitation. The part, you know, there's so many um, pit holes, uh, pitfalls um, that, that that people could fall into when mediating. Also, sometimes mediators who are not also attorneys who don't have the experience of understanding what a agreement needs to look look like. They may have um, mushy language in there that is not enforceable. An agreement to agree, which I talk about a lot in Better Apart, is not enforceable. It's 
it's what lawyers would call precatory language or wishful language. Um, in order to get a contempt on your um, your your non-compliant spouse or ex-spouse, the judge needs to be able to enforce a clear and unequivocal court order. So if you have a mediated agreement that has a lot of mushy language in it, you're not going to get that. So I mediate in a very particular way. I mediate primarily in New York and in Massachusetts, because that is where I am also a lawyer. But because of Better Apart and all the people who that, I, that I've met who want to work with me, I mediate all over the globe, it, mostly in the United States. Um, and but also in other English speaking countries, of course. And what I do with people is we first have a two hour meeting where we gather all the information and we raise um, all the questions. And then I actively encourage, short of require, them to go seek counsel, get a lawyer, not to make their situation more complicated, not to froth up the problems, but to get the answers to the questions that they're going to need because, because you don't wanna make agreements that you're then dialing back at the 11th hour after everything has been written down and you've all but signed off on it because that's where the real problems start happening. Mm -hmm. So you wanna, you want to find out what the questions are, which while you know in Better Apart, I give a really comprehensive list of questions and I'm sure there's questions you can come up with online or working with somebody like you with like a, a divorce coach or something like that. You really, um, you really need to have both people present in order to really understand what issues are going to come up for you. So then you go to your lawyer and you find out the range of potential outcomes. And after that, the way that I continue to work is then we have a couple of meetings where, you know, some of the harder questions are addressed. And sometimes, you know, I, I always say like, let's make it hard because when it's hard now, it will be easy later. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question, Paulette, if I just is rambling on too much. <laughs> no, and in, in the divorce world, in the divorce process, there's really no such thing as rambling on because there's so many little nuances and details. And yes, even though it does really boil down to the children and the assets um, or debt too, we forget about that part, right? Oh, right. Uh, I would say it's four, there's the four corners. There's assets, debts, income, and expenses. Mm -hmm. And we cannot make any decisions on one of those four legs without understanding all of those four legs. And people want often to come in and talk about the house. Well, we can't just talk about the house and expect to get through mediation in three or four sessions, because what's gonna happen is we're gonna talk about the house, we're gonna think we came up with a solution, but then when we start talking about the pension allocation or, you know, or alimony rights or maintenance or what have you, then suddenly things start shifting. So you really need to put everything on the table and make a big mishmash of it all and then pull it out. Mm -hmm. Yes, it, it's very true. Also, you know, a lot of couples don't realize that things can get very complicated as soon as there might be businesses involved where it's not necessarily seen so cut and dry as the income, but the, there might be a building where there's a tenant and that is in fact uh, income. And uh, you know, sometimes uh, one party wants to overlook that and the other doesn't, and it can get so complicated. So in my opinion, there's really no, there's not an, 
there's not anything that really shouldn't be discussed, right? It, it, there's it, this is a time where both parties need to really, like you said, like, you know, the full range of questions. And it is very difficult to have those nice, um, peaceful conversations and then get into the, the mud. But it's better to get into the, the, post, the, the challenges or the where we might butt heads or not agree on things. And then, as you said, celebrate the wins because it's a lot easier to um, have more wins where they compound on each other when you've had a little win to celebrate. Otherwise, it can get stuck. The, the problem with... Um, recently I've been seeing a lot of people come to me and said, oh, we tried mediation. It didn't work. We tried mediation. It didn't work. It failed. Well, either A, they had the wrong mediator or one or one of the parties is really just not able to emotionally or just, and there's something there preventing them from being willing to, to engage in the conversation. As you started to say, litigation may have to be an alternative for that type of couple where both parties really aren't willing to come to the table in good faith and, and be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations. It's not easy for people to have a conversation that isn't all, well, you know, roses and butterflies. Right. Well, you know, I like to start every session um, or the first session with the idea of what both parties' big goals are, mm -hmm. right? And I also sort of relieve the clients of the um, aspiration of having an amicable divorce, although, you know, amicability is a wonderful lofty goal while we're going through the divorce. It's going to be uncomfortable for some time. Now, one thing, if any of your listeners are, you know, trying to figure out whether to go to mediation or what mediator to use um, <clears throat> or how, you know, how to address the mediation, I, I will just give this one piece of advice, um, which is if you have a mediator who is really fixed on doing things um, subject, just based on a, um, an outline of what topic you're going to address in each session. Mm -hmm. I would just caution you back to what Paulette just um, said, which is it's really helpful to talk about topics where there's points of agreement because those points of agreement create other points of agreement. So if you have a very rigid structure about what you're going to talk about in a particular session, the trouble is that you may hit a crossroads and then you have nothing else to talk about and nowhere to go. So I, I always inquire with my clients if they, you know, if they feel really strongly about just sticking to parenting, fine, we'll do that. If they just want to talk about support, we can, you know, do that in the context of income. But, um, but I really feel like being flexible is so helpful because, you know, I don't know if you find this also, Paulette, but sometimes um, people are so stuck on an issue and then you move on to another issue and things are working out. And then you go back to that first issue and somehow, like almost by magic, that really stuck issue starts to move and resolutions are reached as long as both people are of the same mindset and are able to um, reach a resolution. Again, mm -hmm. like litigation is sometimes necessary. I don't want to um, suggest that you have to mediate. In fact, I have a whole section in, in Better Apart about like forgiving yourself 
if you have to litigate, right? Have patience with yourself, with your spouse, with the law, with the process, if you have to litigate, you know, get clear on what your sort of final positions are on things. And, and um, you know, drawing a soft line in the sand will really serve you well. And sometimes, again, you, you might have to go to court and, um, and that's okay. You know, like if you have somebody who, who just wants to fight, who will not reach a resolution, who keeps canceling meetings, who is using the mediation um, as a stalling technique. There's a lot of people also who have a hard time getting um, their spouse, their soon-to-be ex to engage in the divorce because maybe their ex isn't ready to get divorced, doesn't want to get divorced. And so sometimes you might have to start the litigation process just to light a little fire under their tuchus. <laughs> and, um, and once they go to court, you can always come to mediation. You can always, I mean, I resolve cases on the eve of trial. I resolve cases from beginning, middle or end. It doesn't matter at any point. This is your life, right? You can always tell your lawyers, always, 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 we want to take a pause and try mediation. Or we found this mediator we want to work with why don't you guys come with us? Mm. You know, I, I do a ton of lawyer assisted mediation. It just moves things along. It's almost like you're hiring a private judge, except the judge is not the judge being me, not a judge, but a mediator. I'm not making your decisions for you, but I'm helping to move your case along on your schedule rather than on the court schedule. And I'm letting you say more stuff, right? Like it's, I'm not limited by any of the rules and, your lawyers are there very actively going through the finances. You know, I deal with a lot of high income people who um, have quite complicated financial pictures. And so we have third party, you know, we have CDFAs involved, certified divorce financial analysts involved. We have, you know, a, a divorce coach is hugely helpful to keep you on track and to help prevent you from wanting to go down all those different rabbit holes, right? Like, I mean, Paulette, you can talk to that till the end of time, I'm sure, right? Like keeping you focused on your big vision for yourself in your life beyond your divorce, you know, get mm -hmm. through and move beyond. So mm. it's, it's very good that you brought up this um, concept that mediation doesn't have any one particular, shall we say, recipe or menu. Um, but there's, it could look very different based on the marriage, how long you've been married, the assets, how complicated it is. And once you start mediation, if it doesn't work out, it comes to an impasse. And it is a process. I do believe a lot of people come to me thinking that it's going to be a two hour, four hour, six hour, eight hour, whatever, one time you go in there, you get that one shot, right? And that isn't so realistic. A, our brains shut off, they get full, we get exhausted. There's only so much time and energy that you can put into one session meeting, especially when there is emotions flying. Um, but there's this concept that they're going to make an appointment, come to the table and, and, and boo, they're going to go home and have a, a beautiful resolution. And it's not so realistic. It doesn't always have to look a certain way. It, it, it is a nice um, idea to have um, a schedule and, and a format and all, but it is, it's a fluid process, right? And, and if you start with mediation, you could, if it does come to an impasse, litigate. And if you litigate, you could in fact say 
gee, I think we maybe are making more progress than we thought. And we would like to take a pause and, and mediate it. It isn't a one and done or, um, you know, once you embark on that decision, that there's no, there's no fluidity and it can't be changed. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. It makes me, um, you know, um, I would say not happy, but excited that people are starting to understand that, yes, when you litigate a divorce, there, there are, there's protocols and rules and a process that you follow and, and it, it doesn't really change much, but, but you, you have a lot more flexibility in the mediation, correct? That is true, but if you've already filed, I mean, the one thing you have to be wary of, and it depends where in the country you are, so always check with your local lawyer, the local laws. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something called discovery. Discovery, mm-hmm. and I don't know what you call it um, in California um, or around the country, Georgia. Where are you? Georgia, right. yeah. Georgia, right? um, it's discovery, so, same, right. yeah. Yes, but it's all different things around the country. And, and so that is your right to receive information, your right and obligation to give and receive all the financial information, all the psychological information, whatever you're entitled to. Typically, it starts with a rule for financial disclosure. Um, once you file, typically de- um, there's there's deadlines, there's certain timeframes that have to be met, or you can waive your rights to receive something. So that is one reason that you might want to either start with mediation before anybody files, or if you have filed or your soon-to-be ex has filed, make sure that your mediator is looped in with your lawyer so none of the deadlines pass because you do not want to mess up your case because mm-hmm. you are mediating. And you really could because while mediation is in the shadow, mediation operates in the shadow of the law. Law does not operate in the shadow of the mediation, right? So absolutely, yeah. Really, really careful. Now, you could also mediate if you're in the middle of a collaborative process. A collaborative process is a big C collaborative, which is a process where um, you and your spouse each hire a lawyer and you make a commitment to stay out of court. And in fact, if either of you want to go to court at any point, you need to start with new lawyers. Now, that process is was um was designed to keep you out of court and to keep you with an advocate at the table. Personally, I think that having a mediator as part of that process is incredibly helpful or can potentially be incredibly helpful because many of the collaborative lawyers are trained litigators who are just sick of litigating, but they, many of them lack the tools to bring the case to a close. They are, they might've been for 10, 15, 25, 35 years in front of a judge making decisions. And that's just their default. Remember what we practice, all of us in whatever our respective jobs are, that's what we become the best at, right? So, so you know, I'm the best at resolving cases. I'm not the best at fighting for one side dogmatically because that's just not the muscle that I've trained for the last 25 years. Whereas some of my best friends are unbelievable bulldogs in the courthouse, but you know, then they'll call me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this lawyer, you know, they're complaining that the other lawyers being so complicated. And I say, all right, well, do you really want to hear my opinion on how how you could have done things differently? And so, and then I dial it back. <clears throat> and I show them all the different points where they could have actually reshaped the case. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, in the context of the conversation, oftentimes they'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see. And but then they'll come two days later and they're like, well, I thought about it. And, you know, she's really getting you to taken advantage of blah, blah, blah. And then just keep going their way, which 
you know, that's fine, right? But again, when you're the one getting divorced, you need to remember this is your life. This is not your lawyer's life. This is not your mediator's life. This is your life. You need to be really clear on your goals. You need to know what your rights are. You need to give yourself the greatest opportunity to make a resolution outside of the court context if you feel emotionally, physically, mentally, metaphysically able. And you need to help yourself create a pathway forward beyond the work that you're doing with your mediator or your divorce lawyer or your CDFA and what have you, you know, and, and work with a coach or a therapist or somebody or some sort of program um, that's going to help you move forward beyond mm. your divorce. I wrote Better Apart because I spent day after day, hour after hour, sitting across from people who were all experiencing very similar issues and I broke down the better apart process into patience, respect, peace, clarity, and forgiveness. And those five elements are so essential for every single one of us going through our lives every day and more important than ever when you're going through your divorce. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm a divorce lawyer. I'm a divorce mediator. I'm a legal strategy coach, but I'm not a therapist or a divorce coach, right? And so. Get yourself better apart and work with a coach or a therapist who understands these concepts, whether or not they subscribe to better apart per se or something that speaks to them and to you. That's really going to help you. Um, there, there are two um, big pitfalls that people fall into that can really ruin you during your divorce. And here they are. Number one is the catastrophizer, right? If you're making everything into a drama and worrying about everything and throwing fire on everything because you're so worried, those cases blow up. And if you're a minimizer, you bury your head in the sand, you avoid all confrontation, you, you underplay how important things are, those cases also blow up. And both the catastrophizers and the minimizers wind up with a great potential of being dissatisfied in their life long-term. And so what you want to do is counteract the tendency you may have to catastrophize, uh, catastrophize by, um, by bringing your, your emotional charge down. And similarly, um, when you are minimizing you are, um, you're fleeing. It's the same thing as the fight or flight response, but in a different continuum. Mm -hmm. So, so you want to really, it's all about recentering your emotional charge. And so, um, you know, all that stuff is super interesting to me and well beyond the context of just mediating, but yet it's really important to understand those things to help the parties move through their divorce in a way that makes sense for them. I couldn't have said it better. Yes, I just rambled on. I'm so glad you know what I said. I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I can say is get better apart, a radically positive way to separate Gabrielle's book. Uh, it's beautifully written. It it gives you a, a very good perspective on, on what mediation is, how you can get through it. And I love also what you said about 
not allowing or letting your divorce story be your life story. It is a chapter, a portion, a little blip, a photograph of, of your life. And when you're going through it, it, it's pretty much the only photograph or story that you keep regurgitating over and over to yourself. It gets to be a little bit like a, um, a broken record or you keep seeing that same movie in your head. So, But it isn't. And there is a beautiful new life after it. Um, so consider mediation, everyone. It is something you should think about, research, talk about, discuss, understand before you just jump in. A, is it for you? Or B, is it um, a process in which that I can feel that I'm going to get the results I need going back to those goals that you have? So thank you for being an expert in this and doing the work you do. I know you do a lot of heart-centered work too. It isn't just all, you know, okay, give me the spreadsheets and the, and the facts and the numbers and the dates and the times, but there, there is so much involved with the financial, legal, residential, mortgage, co-parenting, emotional, physical aspects, et cetera, et cetera. There's a, you know, every, every part of every, every part of our bodies, our minds, our hearts, our, every cell in our body is affected by this decision to break up a marriage divorce and um, move on. So thank you, Gabrielle. I'm so glad you're here. Get the book, everyone. And no matter what, you just got to keep thriving in the chaos. Thanks for tuning in and make sure if you want to talk to us or ask us questions, you can always email us at thrivinginchaospodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.